Bugs Bunny. Like scary movies. I caught it with Sinbad. Welcome to The Rock. To the other kids at St. Bernard Academy, they were the girls who didn't belong. Whatever you do, stay away from them. Why? They're witches. But after years of being on the outside... Why'd you lie about me? I don't want to go out with you again. Please, stop begging. It's pathetic. Four girls are about to discover the dark side. You ever heard of invoking the spirit? Black magic. We can make things happen. I mean, this is it. This is real. Columbia Pictures welcomes you to the witching hour. <laughs> the craft. Girls, watch out for those weirdos. <laughs> we are the weirdos, mister. Welcome to another episode of Quantum Recast. I'm your host, Corey. With me, as always, is Nick and Tanner. Yo. And in the producer seat, Jesse. Yo, yo, yo. Um, If you're tuning in, this is going to be a wild ride because Tanner chose a movie he didn't know or understand and had never seen. And so before we we jump into the craft um, and taking it to 2003, we got to do some house cleaning first of all. If you're not following us on social media, please do. We're a lot of fun. Do it. On social media. Do it. Haven't joined OnlyFans yet, but now that they're doing a safe for work version, we might. We might just hop on. We're, Wait, we is that a real thing? OnlyFans is now releasing a PG version, like their own version of TikTok kind of thing. Where, Bro, there's a Pornhub app. Like, what I, the fuck? <laughs> I saw it. Can you buy it in the Apple store, though? I don't think you can. Oh, I don't know about Apple. That's what I'm saying. Like, OnlyFans wants Apple to carry their stuff. So I'm just saying we can hop on and we don't have to take our clothes off. So fine. But just for the listeners, for the record, we're not there yet. So don't go searching us on OnlyFans. <laughs> so if you if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, the majority of, majority of you do, according to our uh, analytics that Jesse pulls up all the time, rate and review us. Like, you know, tell us that, you know, your favorite movie you can tell us like what you had for lunch whatever as long as you give us five stars and you write anything like apple considers that a win and we go up the uh the polls the letter so please go rate mm-hmm, review mm-hmm. us um aside from that guys before we dive into this movie what have you guys been watching this week tanner nick go sorry. ahead oh no, no nick, nick nick go ahead tanner freaked out tanner freaked out okay my bad <laughs> no, nick you no, go no. <laughs> um i finally watched suicide squad so that was that was fun I did the typical dad thing on a Sunday afternoon and kind of fell asleep during part of it. But <laughs> nice. The majority of it I did enjoy and it was right in line with, you know, James Gunn's writing and other directorial style. I, I think he wrote Margot Robbie's character Harley Quinn well, yeah. I think. And it wasn't two hours of just pop music and really dumb decisions being made by corporate <laughs> overlords because they think the movie needs to be more like a James Gunn movie. So there, yeah. yeah. I 
I think Suicide Squad's just kind of like, again, just peeled another layer back on how weird DC fans are. Like, it, it, just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're still kind of caught up in the Zack Snyder worship thing, but like, I guess the negativity I've seen thrown at James Gunn's Suicide Squad is yeah. that it won't tie in to some Snyder thing. Like, they're mad about that. Hmm. Most of these DC fans are like, oh, could you imagine that character in a Superman with Henry Cavill movie? Now we'll never get that. Thanks a lot, James Gunn. It's like, dude, that was never on paper. Like, yeah, that was no never set up no one knows about anywhere. this character except for, like, the deepest depths of, like, comic readers. Right. I've yeah. never heard of this guy until James Gunn put them in a movie. That's what I'm just saying it. I've just seen it just it's another layer in this whole DC kind of toxic fandom thing. So, yeah, I just thought that yeah. was interesting. Yeah. Jesse, what have you been watching? Um, I watched No Sudden Move. OK. Uh, on HBO Max. OK. Yeah. The Cheadle movie that. Yeah. Don Cheadle, um, Del Toro, Benicio Del Toro, Karen uh, Culkin, David Harbour, Brendan uh, Fraser, Brendan Fraser's in it. Yeah. It's okay. it's a pretty star-studded cast. Interesting. Um, it was also I really enjoyed it. Uh, do you guys know what it's about? Not really. Yeah, I've talked about it on here before. Oh, have you? But no, um, go ahead. Since they do, they do not remember. <laughs> so I don't remember you it. talking about it. So no one um, remembers what I say on this podcast. I don't remember getting a plot. Is all I'm saying. I know you watched it, but I don't remember getting a plot. It's about the. I think it's like three different criminals. Uh, <clears throat> like who get pulled together into one job. Uh, job goes sideways, obviously, and they have to like figure out who the boss is and get away with it. And it was pretty good. I really enjoyed it, much more than I thought I would, honestly. You're so. telling me Soderbergh made a movie about a group of criminals that have to pull off a heist? Yes. Yes. Is that, is that a thing that he does normally? I don't it's a real know. departure, actually. all the Oceans movies. <laughs> and Logan Lucky. <laughs> Oh, I see. He's a heist. He's just a heist guy. (laughs) Yeah. I uh I watched the uh this HBO Max. Like, man, we need to get paid by HBO Max. Um, so uh, (laughs) I watched this uh documentary on Woodstock 1999, and I watched it three times over the last few days. That's wild. That's too many times. It's a super good documentary. Like, it's because it's not just a typical documentary like the Fire Festival ones where it's like, oh, here's this festival and it went wrong and we're just going to go like a timeline through it. They do that, but they really kind of use it to like map out how screwed up like Generation X was come 1999. It's almost like this lost generation and like how this absolutely illustrates the madness of 1999. Like nice. interesting, so okay. it's right. yeah. super super good. The only problem is, is like Moby's in it a lot, and he's a dick. Like, <laughs> like I don't like Moby. If you've ever listened to Moby talk, he's like the most pretentious douche in the world, and it's like, is he like entire, the original hipster? Kinda, but like his whole thing is he's just talking down to everyone involved with this, even though he was there. And like, yeah. it's like, dude, didn't you just get accused of being like sexually abusive to like your girlfriend, like Ooh. Natalie Portman? Yeah, Natalie like, Portman. she kind of oh. came out and said like Moby was a sexually abusive boyfriend. So it's like, dude, whatever. I don't like, I don't like Moby. That's all I'm saying. You have to deal with Moby yeah. to watch this documentary, but it's fine. Tanner, are you are you ready? Or are you still freaking out over there? No, I'm ready. Okay, all right. What'd you watch this week? <laughs> I watched The Craft. Um, <laughs> oh my the, what a cop the, out for the first time right yeah this is the first time I'd seen the craft <laughs> oh, uh, 
Um, it was an interesting experiment, I feel like, to... Picking a movie for this podcast that you'd never seen? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought it was fun. Uh, I mean, it's fun, I think, because I have to do less work than everyone else. I mean, and that's true. Like, that's since true. I'm the director, it's like more, it's easier to do it without having seen it. Mm. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Typically with movies that I feel like maybe a lot of people haven't seen, I'll give you a brief synopsis. This is just... This is just teenage witches, right? But it's not like Sabrina. It's a little darker. It's a little heavier. I think this movie might be the reason Hot Topic exists. Um, and I mean, so, yeah. But that's what it is. It's a group of witches in high school and them just, you know, finding each other and then kind of invoking this weird god creature and then they turn on each other. It's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. I got it. Yeah, yeah you know it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. yeah, okay. So uh, it's the Lost Boys, but with witches and girls instead of vampires and boys it's charm it's charm it's the other happy meal the girls get when they drive through the hot topic drive-thru yeah <laughs> and so um i think charmed has been accused of ripping this movie off pretty heavily like by the yeah. whole cast and director and writers have pretty much said like charmed pretty much ripped our movie off so, yeah all right so let's let's talk about how this movie was received in 96 let's let's, let's go to our useless critic stats let's see what people thought about this IMD gives it a 6.4 out of 10 with a meta score of 55 out of 100. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 57 for the critics out of 100 with just a 65% for audience score. So it's kind of a mediocre movie, like in terms of its ratings, just kind of middle of the road there. Yeah. Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. Can't be good gave it two stars he's stu- he's stuck with the middle oh, he's wow. stuck with 50 okay. he gave it two yeah. out of four stars he gives it a typical kind of like i don't like horror movies or scary movies review where he mostly just tells you the plot and calls it a review but uh great <laughs> yeah it's not great um he does though at the end really like uh kind of creepily just compliment uh rachel true which i mean she kind of needed it She's pretty much forgotten in this movie, but she says she has the greatest Dude. smile since Doris Day. So oh, that's, that's nice, sweet. right? Yeah, that's sweet of him. Um, yeah, like that, that, that was cool of him. Um, but other than that, he just kind of just bashes the movie um, as being really lost. It's almost he's like every scene's its own thing. It doesn't like even reference the rest of the movie. Doesn't even seem to know what's going on. So. Mm. Uh, and then he's just mad because he hates uh, he, he kind of closes it out with saying he doesn't like teenagers with power movie because he said they're like always really limited in their potential. Like they always just have dumb goals like here. It's like we need to get revenge on our classmates. And which I'm like, that's interesting. That's fair enough. If you, yeah, I think that's an interesting take on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you have to get to Chronicle before you see teenagers go, oh, we have superpowers. So let's destroy things. Um Teenagers with powers just have like teenager goals. And so I was like, that's an interesting point. But other than that, Roger Ebert just kind of says the movie's super lost. Not that great. Pretty forgettable. Two stars. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) I get it. So Tanner, we need to know what did you think of this movie that you chose (laughs) that never seen before? Let's get get your take. I liked it. There was like, there was a lot of stuff that I think doesn't really hold up. Rochelle. Rachel True is the actress. Um, She, like you said, she's totally forgotten and is like an afterthought in the movie. And then when I was doing my research, 
She was also an afterthought in production, which is something I want to dive into later because it's wild how like totally different they treat her as everyone else. But like it was I thought it was overall fun. Um, Feruza Balk is insane, uh, which was like great. This is peak or this is just ultimate Feruza Balk, basically. Yeah, this is this is Feruza at her like final evolution. The thing that I didn't like about it was like the absolute 180 shift that they give Robin Tunney's character as soon as like Feruza Balk's character gets powers. Like they just give her a total 180 and it's so upsetting to me. In the sense that she goes from being... She goes from being like a strong character. She's never like questioned herself, I feel like, in the movie. Um, She's like, you know, lost in the sense that she's a new kid at school. But she's like always the person who's like standing up for herself. She's like calling people out in class. She's very empowered. Mm-hmm. And then the second that Feruza Balk gets her powers, she becomes the most helpless character. And it was like so fascinating and angering to watch this character just like disappear for the last like third of the film. I don't I, maybe it's just the entire third act in general, but like I noticed that Rochelle and Bonnie's characters just immediately went from, you know, we we know we're doing some kind of bad things to people and we, mm-hmm. we have feelings about it to suddenly just going, nope, we're doing whatever uh, Nancy says and we're we're just evil now. We're just we're just bad. Yeah. So you guys are pretty much just echoing roger ebert's like problem with the movie is that it just doesn't seem to reference the rest of the movie it's like every scene's written with no like regard for what's been going on like in it it's very bad with character development it really is well just kind of it's like we missed a chapter it's almost like we need a scene of nancy like talking them down and being like it's either what you're with me or with her i think they tried i honestly yeah, they were, think they were can, supposed to I yeah. think you can tell that, like, the scene where they're in the car running red lights or green lights yeah. or whatever, like... Uh, it shows that they're all it, getting a little out of control. It almost seems like that was filmed last because someone said, like, when did we go from here to here? And so, mm-hmm. like, that's where you finally get Rachel or uh, Robin Tunney saying, like, oh, you used to be so nice, but then you became pretty and now you're mean and they're, like, laughing. Yeah. And that's as much as you get. But, yeah, like, you need right. more. We need to see, like, why they all of a sudden, like, became... Well, we're going to be evil witches now because Nancy turned into a bad witch. So that's what we're going team bad witch. You know? Right. There was supposed to be um, like a scene where um, Nancy, Feruza Balk's character, like gets really aggressive with him and like fights with the two other girls. Mm-hmm. And like there was supposed to be a scene where it's like basically her forcing them to submit to her will. Yeah. And then they just took it out. So they just took out the essential part a part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I I think this movie's wildly casted. Like, I mean, and, and may, or just performed, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, honestly, okay. Robin Tunney and Ev Campbell should have been reversed. Like, those two characters, like, those actresses are fine in the movie, but they're yeah. playing the wrong parts. Robin Tunney should have been the really sensitive, you know, girl with the scars, and Nev Campbell should have led. It's, you know... It, then, correct me... Uh, did Scream come out before or after this? Same year. Same year. Same yeah, year. Same okay. it, it, it technically, I think, came out after this, but it yeah. was same year. Okay, so Craft came out mm-hmm. first. Got it. Okay. Craft is mm-hmm. May. 
Scream is December. And was Robin Tunney the bigger name at the time? Had she had those other movies? She just did Empire Records. She's coming off Empire Records, which is why she's wearing a horrendous wig this entire movie. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Because she shaved her head for uh, Empire Records. Yeah. I wouldn't call it horrendous, but I I would call it the only time. The only time that I call it like absolutely horrendous is where she changes it from. Uh, oh yeah, the colors auburn to blonde when she does her uh, illusion or whatever. Yeah, I just think Light. we've come a long way in that. <laughs> yeah. hair, the hairline, the forehead hairline. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've come a long way there in Hollywood. Yeah, because it's just hers is just definitely like just a straight line. There's obviously something sitting just on my head, not growing out of it. I. Okay, so The Craft is one of those movies that, like, I rented all the time as a kid. Because me and, like, my cousins like to rent horror mm. movies. Like, this was in rotation with, like, Leprechaun and other movies. Like, where you just, yeah. you, you go to your local, like, I don't know. You, you guys were kids in the 90s. Rental, video rental stores were also, like, tanning salons or Subway pizza stores, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, Video yeah. barn. Or in the grocery yeah. store or something. Mm-hmm. And you go yeah. there and you could rent it for, like, five days, you know? And so, yeah. and, and kids don't realize that and that meant that you watched it five times at least. Like, I got right. this for five days, so I'm going to watch this movie again. I paid I paid for it. Yeah, you, yeah. Don't just, you didn't just watch it once and take it back. You're like, Call okay, it we good, got it for yeah. five days, so we got to get this, like, we got to get this in ten times. So I watched right. this movie a ton as a kid, and I remember liking it. And so this was kind of one of those moments where I went back and go, this did not age well for me. Like, the nostalgia's not hitting. And Feruza Balk. I remember thinking it the first half of the movie is like, dude, she's doing so good in this. Like, this is great. Mm-hmm. I, she's playing this character to a T. And then it's like halfway through the movie. It's like maybe she stumbled onto the screen set and saw dailies of what Matthew Lillard was doing, you know, and just said, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ramp it up to 11 as well. But Matthew yeah. Lillard made that into an art form. Bruce yeah. just goes plain nuts. The second mm-hmm. half of this movie, like, the chewing of every scene is just intense and it's just yeah. like wow okay no one yeah. reined her in at all like it's well okay. yeah that's how i feel it became like how nick was saying like the character development like disappeared right for the other two girls for um rochelle and bonnie yeah and because that last even though technically like sarah is the lead that last third of the film just became the Feruza balk movie yeah like yeah you're right that's all it did it like totally became oh Feruza's doing stuff we gotta like focus heavily on Feruza. Well, you know in a weird way too i think that you probably have nev campbell who you probably she's filming scream at the same time and uh just knows well i'm the lead in this other movie i don't care that much about this movie uh um, yeah as you're going to get into Rachel True's being like completely just ignored and forgotten. And just for the audience to know it's, it's because she's black. She's the black character. Yeah. And she's probably the most token black character in the history of Hollywood. There's literally, literally their introduction, uh, Skeet Ulrich's introduction describing them. He's like, uh, Nancy, she's a whore. Nev, uh, she's got scars over and Rachel, she's just there. <laughs> like he just literally, he doesn't, he, no, he doesn't, he doesn't say anything. He literally yeah. just skips the black girl. He's like, yeah, she's a slut. She's got she's got scary scars anyways. And it's like, oh, there's a third person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's right there. <laughs> you know? And it's uh it's weird. It's like either totally racist or reverse racist, where he's like, Well, I can't be mean because she's black. <laughs> You're right. It's like it's totally nuts. 
like completely I, I text tanner the second it happened even i was like this this girl's like just an afterthought in this movie she's literally mm-hmm. checking a mark someone said well, we got to have a black girl in the movie. But that's the thing is like her her whole arc is just dropped. It's or like the, the missing chapter is gone. So she just goes from like seeing Christine Taylor's Laura Lizzie character balding. Yeah. And worrying about like the ramifications of their actions to suddenly screaming like, yeah, whatever. Right. It does bug me that that's never resolved. It's like because you see Laura develops more as a character than anyone else in the movie almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> she goes from being a racist to being like, I now know what it's like to like be made fun of and go through something. And she tries to make friends with her. And then like yeah. Rachel right. just blows her off and we never come back. And you're like, no, nope. oh. <laughs> The thing okay. that's wild to me that that like comes up and we never come back to is the fact that like uh, Rochelle's mirror like self is yeah. its own entity. And it like looks away from uh, Laura when she's like balding. Yeah. And I'm like, why the fuck is this mirror universe a thing? And we just never associate with it again. Right. It's, it's, yeah. like, it's just it's obviously just someone said, hey, I can do this cool camera trick or this cool effect. Can we put it in? <laughs> And they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. In in the end, 2021, you're like, this is dumb. I want I want explanation. Tanner, I'm glad you at least liked it. Yeah, I did. It was a lot of fun. You at least liked it. So that's good. It would have been worse if you just end up hating it. <laughs> you have yeah. to watch us cast it. Um, is there a reason you chose a movie you didn't want to watch? I mean, why did you choose The Craft? Like, what put The Craft in front of you, Tanner? Well, I, I know a lot of people who love The Craft, and I've been told for years that I should watch it. Same. And it's like just it's just been on my watch list forever. And I've just never forced myself to do it. You do not use us for your watch list. Oh, I can use I can use my director spot. However, the fuck I want to <laughs> <laughs> like I also. OK, so this is going to be the one time on this podcast. I'm going to talk about the Lost Boys because we've it's in a, it's in a category that we will never do it. For it's now. untouchable. We're yeah, not, for now. It, not doing the Lost Boys ever on this podcast. Uh-huh. And we've said as much on social media and people backed us. They said, absolutely don't do it. So two people backed us. That's fair <laughs> enough. And hey, the thing is, is they're not friends. They're people I don't know. Halloween's coming up, Corey. So there's no way that this movie getting pitched in an elevator, like we don't bring up the Lost Boys. Because this is the Lost yeah. Boys is teenage vampires. It's almost like kind right. of the original teenage monster. I mean, other than like the 50s, I was a teenage werewolf type of stuff. Yeah. But like. This is pretty much said, like, let's gender bend the Lost Boys and make it witches and things like that. And it's kind of almost, if you look at it from just like a social, like cultural, like kind of perspective, this movie is problematic in the sense that like the Lost Boys is a bunch of vampires who do what teenage boys would do if they were vampires, which is like get cool clothes, ride motorcycles and like hang Mm -hmm. out at the beach. But then when you take that exact same thing and drop it into the teenage girl universe and make them witches... It's like, of course, we're going to write them to like be catty and like turn yeah. on each other. And like, I'm going to make my the, the mean girl lose her hair. It's like so like kind of goofy how we treat them. I just watching that and just kind of comparing the two. I was like thinking like this movie kind of doesn't age well. No, I, I really don't think it ages well, but it is a fun movie to watch. But there's definitely a lot of things that just wouldn't wouldn't pass today yeah like it's just if you if this movie came out now which they made 
they did a reboot sequel and I watched it on a plane recently and they do definitely change it. They de- the girls aren't enemies with each other like they're all yeah. a group and it's very kind of woke movie almost like too mm. far left where it's like it's not being done well. Is this the 2021? Yeah, like it's called okay. The Craft Legacy. And you could tell that I think that conversation probably happened in writing this. They said, we're going to make these teenage girls not teenage girls. We're not, or yeah. like, not, we're not going to like relegate them to the cliche, like, oh, they're going to be obsessed with like a boy and, you know, they're going to like right. want to get at the mean girls. They're, we're not going to make them gothy girls writing in their journal and trying to get back at the popular kids type of thing. Right. You can at least tell that they were aware of it and tried to fix it, you know, so. Yeah. And then we're done. We're not talking about the Lost Boys ever again on this podcast. It's over. Uh-huh. It's protected. It's protected. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so um, Jesse, have you ever seen The Craft? Uh, I have. I watched it as a kid, probably in the same what? manner that you have. Yeah. Nice. Jesse, I lived with you. <laughs> this, was the, this is the first time I've ever seen this film. I don't know where you are, but I, I definitely watched this movie. I, I remember it. Uh, pretty intently because I remember thinking, "Man, why is Bobby Boucher uh, <laughs> <The> girlfriend <laughs> girlfriend in this movie?" Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and then also I I really liked Robin Tunney. Yeah, um, so yeah, I did like this movie. I watched it multiple times, and my boy Skeet is in it, so you know, Skeet Ulrich was having a year this year. Scream yeah, and the crap was. Yeah, Skeet I mean, his was agent kind of sucked. He was p- pigeonholing him into like you're going to be like. A crappy boyfriend, and and he just stuck with that. Yeah, and he's just like, that's that's fine. Like, yeah, what you're gonna pay me, right? Cool, let's do it. All right, guys, we have questions about the craft, uh, and I'm, I'm just gonna read these questions. I don't know who wrote them. Uh, why does Sarah, who is our protagonist, uh, the good witch, just become super helpless for the last third of the film? Y'all kind of touched on this a little bit. She does just kind of, yeah. Break disappear completely. yeah yeah i mean they leave some breadcrumbs of that you know she's attempted suicide before and so she has some there's some level of insecurity in there but they it's like they sure. just thought this is all we have to do is to supplant this and then it'll, it'll all make sense at the end so right yeah. yeah yeah it's just yeah it's just not set up remotely well it's like okay well you can't have this woman just crumble at the first like appearance of hardship yeah like that's just not how to to be fair making it appear as though your dad and her and his boyfriend or boyfriend girlfriend were killed in a plane crash i mean that's a pretty big first hit but uh for the record that is a douche move for a witch yeah oh yeah that's there's gotta be rules if you can like do that like you don't make it look like your parent like someone's parents died like that's that was cold yeah so yeah um is Rochelle, played by Rachel True, the most token black character in the '90s? I genuinely think maybe. Like it's bad. I I can't I can't think of like a counter to that. I will say it's at least she was she had some form of a plot going on with some development, but it was just dropped in the third act. I, I think that's more insulting that it's like we didn't care enough about your character to make sure that they saw a fitting end or a conclusion to their story. Right. Cause her whole thing, it was originally a white character. Okay. Right. The original arc was just, I think that she was getting bullied at school mm-hmm. and then Rachel true was cast. They said, Oh, well 
she's black. This needs to be uh, a her bully needs to be a racist now. Yeah. Well, was try like people tried to talk her out of it for multiple reasons, and then the production company just did not do well with her. Yeah. Hmm. Well, her manager tried to get her to not take it because like Feruza Balk had um, like this reputation to be like edgy and rebellious and like all of this stuff. No. And she she warned her was like, look, if you do this and you get on set and you are even just around her being rebellious, they're going to fire you because you're black. She'll get away with it because she's white. You can't. Wow. Hmm. And then when the when the movie came out, all the promotional stuff. She was never put on any of the promotional stuff. Wow. Like she she was ignored by promotional like materials. Press junkets never invited her. She was never brought on to like interviews until uh, it doesn't say who, but like one of her co-stars essentially phoned the studio and was like, no, you need to include her. She was the only one that year out of the cast to not be invited to the MTV Movie Awards. What? It's like. <laughs> It's like, okay, well, if you if you take this stance to have like a black woman in your film and then have this like racial backstory or racial like arc, you can't be racist to her. Yeah. Like it is wild to me that that is like (laughs) like a thing. Yeah. And I I don't know. It, it to me it is weird and it just seems like yeah, they 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 ticked the box. They said we have a black girl and then they rewrote it. They said, "Okay, so naturally if she's being bullied, it's because she's black." And it's like you could just keep her a bully. You don't have to like highlight the color of her skin, but it's like because they checked the box, they wrote it to be like, "Hey, we're checking this box." It could be it could be better written. <laughs> And, that, yeah. well, okay, and I, I took issue with that to a degree, too, is that one of the, uh, Kristen, Christine Taylor's word was Negroid. And it's like, yeah. dude, if you're going to bring racism to him, just have her say the word. Like, let's hate the yeah. character. Like, let's yeah. hate right. the character. Like, if we're going to have to make this about racism, don't pat it then. Like, we, well, we, we want to root for this girl. Yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But, like, um, she has said um, that she originally didn't like that. Yeah. But she... After like after a while, like a couple of years down the road, she's like, I actually like that they brought that up because because it is like you were saying, like, it's true. Like, it's still a thing yeah. Yeah. that like people are racist in high school. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say it's between her and Dulé Hill and she's all that like those. I think those are the two most token black characters of the 90s, like hmm. just poorly, like so uncomfortable to watch. I don't so, even remember Dulé Hill. In there. And she's all there. You go. There you go. That's yeah. that's what I'm saying. He is literally there to be the black friend, and it's just it's so poorly done. It's so uncomfortable. So here's my question: Is this like a private school they go to? It's a Catholic school. I felt like. I mean, it's like, but it, looks, it seemed like it's a private school. It seems like it. It aren't probably, most Catholic schools private schools? I would assume so. That's a, I think so. Um, yeah. So and so it's odd that. Uh, Frusa Balk's character Nancy is in a private school when her entire arc is we're white trash poor in a trailer park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Then why are you in this school, woman? <laughs> like, well, it turns like, out that her stepdad was paying for everything. I, that's true. Do they say he was paying for everything? I just know he dies and he leaves a like life insurance policy that pays out. Right. I don't know. So, the money that they got would never buy the apartment that they got. <laughs> In L.A., right? Even in '96, yeah. like even in '96, it's like well, he no were, way he died and left you 125 grand, and it's like then they're in some high rise in L.A. Yeah, they're in like a penthouse, and I'm like, 
What are you talking about? Like, no, I don't even know if that buys a house in Oklahoma where we live. Like, right, like like, a big one. Like, (laughs) if like you've put all your money into this apartment, there's a reason. The only two things you have in that house are a sofa and a jukebox because you don't have the (laughs) money. You have nothing else. You have nothing else. I, I mean, you see that a lot. You do see that a lot, especially here in the Midwest, where you'll drive past apartment complexes or through trailer parks, and it's like sixty, eighty thousand dollars sports cars outside. And you're like, so that's yeah. where the money's going. Like you're a car person, and so it's right. like you, you're going to invest in that car more than your home. And then it's like the same thing where they said, "All right, we spent all the money on the apartment, <laughs> so you yeah. can have a mattress in your room. I'm getting a jukebox and this ugly, unfunctional couch." <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, you're right. I didn't. I I don't know that I even noticed how bare that apartment was, but that's a that's a really good astute point. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Then the last question is obviously the most ridiculous part of this movie. They uh they invoke some made up god Manon because I believe he's completely fictional. I don't think he's a part of any new age religion or anything like that it's completely just a fictional god yeah right, it was they made it up. was yeah it was fictionalized and then became part of books after the movie because oh. people thought it was people thought it was real you realize and then that's it became like a, thing. a dividing point in witchcraft then like actual people that are into witchcraft they're like oh my gosh they're like they're actually like praying them and known they're like the craft witches they're not real right like, <laughs> 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 this is how cults start guys i guarantee you that there's like a point in witchcraft like where you know people really are into it into wicca and stuff like that and then they yeah. come across people in black leather who talk about Manon, and they're like oh my gosh <laughs> they don't know you they make just us don't look stupid <laughs> so, yeah um but they invoke it they're on the beach and then the next day all these dead sharks and whales and stuff are on the beach and oh nancy the bad witch she, at this point she's gone healed Ugh. um yeah it's just screaming, these are my gifts. And there's a huge crowd on the beach looking at all yeah, these th- all these right. sharks and stuff. They're not alone. There's a crowd forming because it's weird. And, like, and cops rolled up like 50 feet away from them. Like a cop car just pulled up. And she's like, like just hugging a dead hammerhead shark and saying, these are my gifts. I can feel you in me. Um, I can, and he's in everything. It's just, she's just shouting at the top of her lungs. And at that point you think she would have been arrested. Like they're like, I don't know how you got all these sharks on this beach, but like you're we're taking <laughs> you in. Like, Something's happened here. Yeah. yeah. And you're also in a black leather trench coat on the beach. Like you, right. Something's up. Something's like, up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that, that's our questions about, the craft the deeper you dive in the more you realize that it's a pretty confusing movie overall it seems like they wrote every scene right before they filmed it that's really the best way to describe how this movie like (laughs) yeah that's pretty good yeah the script is being written and they filmed it Mm -hmm. in chronological order and just said okay what happens now and uh, maybe they all pow out up and they all got in on it all right Tanner, we've uh, we've 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 stumbled across a lot, but do you have any more junk drawer facts that we don't know about? Um, let me go down. We've already talked about Robin Tunney wearing a wig. Okay, so one thing that I thought was interesting, and I think a reason, Corey, you brought this up earlier, uh, Christine Taylor's uh, racist character not going the full heel when they were filming it, they were filming it in. Uh, with the idea that it's a PG-13 movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so like that's why there's only like there's only one fuck in the movie. You're allowed so one. They, yeah. And like they they made sure they're like, we want this PG-13. We will keep within these lines. And so they didn't go too far into the R rating. But after it was already can, you know, in the can and edited, it was given an R rating automatically because it was a movie about witchcraft. Oh, and wow. so like, huh. yeah, like that's why it's rated R wow. witchcraft. That is so, like, super interesting. Yeah. I found that fascinating. And I was like, oh, that sucks. You could have made like a really good R-rated film. You just were under the impression you weren't going to do that. They were aiming for the MTV crowd. Uh, that's, yeah. The, the, that's so true because, you know, it's like, I'm even like sitting here thinking like there's nothing in this movie that's that even like pushes that edge other no. than yeah. the one F word. And everyone knows you, 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 you get one, you know, yeah. in a PG-13 movie. Like, but there's no blood. There's no violence. There's no, Mm-mm. I mean, the one death scene is Skeet Ulrich and you don't even see it. It's like, right, it happens off screen. It's so tame. But that's, that's like something you would read and like think, oh, this movie must have been made in 1954. Like, yeah. When, that's you know, wild. Hollywood and MPAA would have been bent out of shape about witchcraft. The fact that that's a 96 is nuts. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that insane? Yeah. Like, wild. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you think about it, you're only like two years removed from like the West Memphis Three in Arkansas being like arrested for murdering kids just because they wore Metallica shirts. That was like right. the whole evidence is that they right. listen to heavy metal music. And one of them was like, I read books on Wicca. And that's it. Right. And they went to jail for 18 years. That's still wild, though. Yeah. Uh, Fruza Balk, um, when... Uh, like researching and getting ready for the film got really into the occult she says that she never actually became wiccan but like other people have stated that she was okay um but she bought an occult shop similar to the one where they go and steal books Mm -hmm. like she got so interested in it that she bought it in 1995 and like had it for like six years and owned it and then sold it in 2001 cool she just got so into it that she became a business owner. Huh. Um, it's so it's so weird that people like, I mean, even just talking about her being in the Wicca and it's like, dude, half of Hollywood's into Scientology and you don't have to read very far into it to know that that is just the batshittest thing in the world. Right. <laughs> so Yeah. Oh, man, that's weird. For essentially like a script consultant and a technical consultant, they hired a woman uh, called Pat Devin, Pat Devine. Um, who is a high priestess and public information officer of the covenant of the goddess. Whoa. And like they brought her on and she's apparently a really big deal at the time. And she helped like set up all of the like rituals and stuff like to make it more realistic. They said that it was never an actual like Wiccan ritual, but she did like the closest like thing close enough to a to a a summoning but not enough to actually make it happen accidentally i want to be that person that just gets hired by movies to find the experts like the you know when it's like hey we're making if we're making a movie about witches go find me a witch it's like all right i can do that she also apparently she's the reason that the they call the deity manon because she said you need to come up with a fake deity because I don't want 
you know, young girls to watch this and go out and try to summon a real entity. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's wild. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this uh, before, uh-huh. before we close out this segment. Is this, is this movie, like, got all the same normal, like, mythology around it, like The Exorcist and all these other kind of movies that play around with witchcraft and the devil, where it's like, this happened on set, and there's this crazy yeah. thing. Does this have it Yeah, too? it's, like, essentially just one scene is what people keep talking about, and it's the scene on the beach where they're, like, summoning Manon. Uh-huh. Um, uh, while they were doing the incantation and the ritual, the tides would just shift and they would get like real big and like they'd come in and like blow the candles away and like wash the set away when they started doing it. Um, and then as well, like as they started flocks of bats just decided to like hang around the set. Um, and it's when you just keep rolling guys. Right. And then like, uh, apparently in, uh, at one point the end of the, the summoning where Nancy says, um, uh, Manon filmy uh, right before she gets struck by lightning apparently when she said that they lost power on set and just like everything went dark weirdly only one scene where like weird shit happened but definitely a lot of people have claimed that a bunch of shit happened uh, okay I was just curious you know you, with these movies you always get like the mythology that builds up around it and stuff like that yeah all right, cool. Well, that that's the craft. That's a lot of opinions on the craft, probably more than I expected for us to have on the craft. But Nick, now we're taking this movie to 2003, so you need to you need to you need to fill us in on 2003. 2003. Cotton-headed ninny. Right, Could you just keep swimming? Why, Mr. Anderson? Captain Jack Sparrow. This shiver. Deny the return of the king. You have arrived. 2003. So, for the domestic box office for 2003, our top 10 starts with Cheaper by the Dozen, (laughs) followed by The Matrix Revolutions. Number 8, we have Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Number 7, we have the Christmas hit Elf. At number 6, we get X2, X-Men United. (laughs) At number five, we get Jim Carrey's Bruce Almighty. At number four, we get a second helping of The Matrix Reloaded earlier that year with The Matrix Reloaded. At number three, we have the first entry of the Pirates series with Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. At number two, we have the runaway hit Finding Nemo by Pixar. And at number one, the trilogy capper. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, with $377 million. Wow. What a stupid year. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean what that like terrible. in good. I mean that like isn't like what a dumb year. Yeah. I remember by the time we got to the end of the year, which I think was Lord of the Rings, I remember turning to whoever I was watching with and being like, what do we do now? Because like Lord of the Rings was ending. The Matrix was ending. I mean, Terminator, if if you were deep into that, was ending. It was kind of like, what, what, where are we? Where, where does movies go from here? And then, yeah, hey, like a new star. Yeah. Johnny Depp showed up and said, "I'll be Captain Jack Sparrow for the right. next decade." And then they announced the so, next two pirate look at me. movies. I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> I got this, guys. I got this. 
So did you wait? Did you say there were two Matrix? Yes, they films? released Matrix the- Reloaded in the spring, and then they released Revolutions in December. Yeah, because the Matrix trilogy is super Whoa. weird. Yeah. Like, it comes out in 99, then like a video game comes out like two years later. And it was the, like, and now we have two movies. It was the, They filmed it back to back, just like the Back to the Future movies. But instead of waiting weird. a year, for some reason, they released it in the same year. I, I don't really know why. Probably because they knew it was trash. No, and they're like, we just got to we gotta get it out a, or else no one will come, come I mean, to the third one. That's your opinion. You're welcome to it. I mean, I guess it's okay to be wrong. Nick. Nick, we're going to have to have an episode where you defend Matrix 2. Oh, I guess someone will have to recast the Matrix. Um, other than that, let's, uh, guys, it's time to put on your bow ties, your, 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 uh, your suits, your nice shoes. We're going to go to the Oscars. Ready hey, for wait, this? Nick, Nick, before we go to the Oscars, I didn't appreciate someone chuckling at Cheaper by the Dozen. I don't know who it was. I wasn't looking at the screen, but that's a, that's a delightful film. It's definitely not top. It's it's not top tier. Steve Martin, Corey, come on! It's I love Steve good, Martin. Though. It's not I top just tier. I'm just it's, saying I don't appreciate the chuckle. That's all I'm saying. Look, it's, it's it's a fun film, but there is no way that you can imagine that to be a top ten seller right. of a no, year. Yeah, Did yeah. you hear most of the other garbage that came out in 2003? It, wow! No, that's what the like ceilings it's, low. it's a shit year. Yeah. It's a shit year in film. Like aside but, from Pirates and Nemo, I just. And cheaper by the dozen, honestly, I could care less about almost the rest of that list. I'm so insulted right now. <laughs> um. Anyway, Oscars. So let's go through the best supporting actor. The winner is Tim Robbins for Mystic River. Best supporting actress nice. goes to Renee Zellweger for Cold Mountain. Best actor goes to Sean Penn for Mystic River. And best actress goes to Charlize Theron for Monster. And in the best picture category, we have Seabiscuit, we have Mystic River, we have nice. Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, Lost in Translation, and the eventual winner, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. <sighs> That's right, Jesse. That is Pump not that a great fist. Oscar list. Pump that Ugh, fist, Jesse. Gross. Don't listen to them. Ugh. Now, Lord of the Rings is good. The rest of them aren't great. So I just, I just had an epiphany because I, I think on one of the recent episodes, I said I just watched Mystic River for the you first did. time. You did, yeah. I just, yeah, because I just read the book, and I remember the whole time thinking, "How did this escape me?" Because this is like my jam, and I just yeah. realized it's because I always thought Mystic River and Cold Mountain were the same movie. Oh, like, and I had no desire uh, to watch Cold Mountain. Mystic and Mountain. So, yeah, I just always assumed they were the same movie, and so I avoided Mystic River, thinking it was this dumb period piece. It's also Sean Penn stealing the Oscar from Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. Deserved? I haven't seen no, Mystic River. No, yeah. okay. I, Sean Penn's a badass, but like, I don't. I, that should have okay. gone to Depp. That, that one okay. of those is going to be remembered for much longer than the other. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Corey, do you do you know of any double downs this year? Oh, hold on, let me look that up. While uh, someone y'all talk about your favorite movies of two thousand three, if that's even possible, if like y'all even can come up with favorite movies of two thousand three, the top ten kind of was filled with movies that I particularly enjoyed. I mean, Black Pearl, Return of the King, uh, the Matrix sequels that I don't think are as bad as everyone says they are, but that we'll save that for another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so. The 2003 gave us 
around 2003 gave us three double downs. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, you had Treasure Planet at the tail end of 2002 into Sinbad, yeah. Sinbad Legend of the Seven Seas. Nice. In 2003. Okay. okay. Uh, obviously, Finding Nemo coming mm-hmm. in, and mm-hmm. then Shark Tale, oh. you know, mm-hmm. right around this exact same time. And then 2003 into 2004, you got Freddy versus Jason, mm-hmm. Alien versus Predator. We were all about pitting the heavyweights uh. against each other. Okay. So the most... The Nemo Shark Tale is probably the most like just kind of eye rolling of those. Yeah, yeah, so, just a little bit. Yeah, so. is not good. Um, but other than that, the movies that I that I saw that I really liked this year. Did, have you ever seen Dreamcatcher? No. Yes. And I've read oh, really? Dreamcatcher. Um, yeah, it's good. I really like it. I know not a lot of people either enjoy it or have seen it. Um, but I I always liked that film. Big Fish came out this year. Yes. I'm a huge, huge fan of yes. Big Fish. Yes. Well, let me be pretentious more. I have also read that as well as seen it. Oh. Okay. Wow. Oh, okay. Is the book good? Right, okay. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So the okay. Dreamcatcher's weird because it's a good movie, but like the only reason I think anyone in the Stephen King universe reads that like massively weird book is because it mm-hmm. references Pennywise a few times from the It. Movies. Oh. Fascinating. Yeah, and then other than that, there was like How to Lose a Guy in we 10 have, Days. Yeah, we have two former yeah. episodes into How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen coming out of this year. Dang. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was, that was this year? Yeah, this was this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, Something's Gotta Give with Diane Keaton. Jet Nicholson came out this year, and that movie's delightful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll watch anything that Nancy Myers puts out. So other than that, no. I'm just Pirates of the Caribbean kind of defined this year for me, and that was it. You weren't a fan of School yeah. of Rock? I don't know. So, it's to fine. me, uh, School of Rocks like in the exact same vein as Elf, where I it, I get that people worship the movie, but I it just it's, it's a good it's like movie a in general. But it, yeah, some of those movies they just get so hyped up as like being masterpieces to an extent. They're one and done for me. It's yeah, like, cool. Like I saw it. I don't really feel like I need to watch it a hundred more times. So that that's just my thing. So Corey Tanner, what? changes by taking the craft to 2003 dude i thought about this question and absolutely nothing changes about this movie (laughs) yeah really nothing has to change the only thing that i would say you could possibly change is like it becomes more of an r-rated film like you're getting what this is like year of uh a thousand corpses house of a thousand corpses or whatever dude and like you're getting more like you're getting more yeah. graphic R-rated mm-hmm. horror films. Yeah, so 2003 is where uh, horror really kind of comes in post 9/11. Like where yeah. horror said we're pushing this envelope as hard as we can now because you had the Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre remake and House of mm-hmm. a Thousand Corpses, which are both kind of credited as is like what led into the torture porn. Like mm. uh, yeah which is pretty much attributed to like, this is a post 9-11 cinema. Like it's just going to go as hard as it can in the paint and make people as uncomfortable as possible. Because if you can create fake tragedy, it distracts you from the real. This is literally also the same year that we get like Underworld, the first one and Resident Evil, I think is Mm. not this year, then it's right before or after. 2002 yeah Yeah. 2002 you get resident evil so it's kind of also getting like this kind of like hyper 
gothic kind of vibes going on with movies like your evanescences mm-hmm. basically <laughs> of the world so oh yeah uh i think that the, they're the gonna craft is getting a badass sound yeah it's it's you're, you're leaning yeah. into that kind of like stylized gothica world that we keep seeing in movies okay. all right i like it i like it no but i mean i even try to think like does this movie change like behind the scenes and the like the, the tragedy of that answer is like it doesn't like you're still yeah. the, the 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 black character in 2003 is still probably going to be token and probably not going to be treated well. But since um, we're and, yeah. taking the movie, we have the power <laughs> to say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna fix this, and we're we would we would say, hey, right. give her her full arc, please, and more to do. Thank you. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But in like, uh, look on yeah, history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, if you move it there, it's not it any better. Wouldn't change much. Like yeah. it's it's no better. So. Yeah. It's time to cast this movie. Woo! Let's do it. So, I, just, I forgot to say this up front. Um, if you've never listened to us before, um, what we do here is we take a movie, we uproot it out of its original release year, and we drop it in a new release year. And then we recast it with actors based, you know, around and relevant to that new release year. So, Tanner's chosen the craft. We, it's coming right out of 1996 and taken to 2003. Tanner. You've chosen this film, so you're the director, which means mm-hmm. Nick and I, we've prepared cast lists for a list of characters you've given us. So we're going to give you our casting for these characters, and you're going to choose whichever one you like. Nick, you and I, we are bound to rules, right? No! Rule one, <laughs> any actor we cast in 2003's version of the craft must be alive. Uh, rule number two, they have to be free. They can't be incarcerated or in prison or anything of that sort. Dang um, it. Then rule number three, they have to be active, which we define that as they have to at least have one credit on IMDb in or prior to 2003. So many close calls this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rule number four, which is really more of just a gamble that we're doing. Uh, any actor we cast is in 2003 will lose any major film roles that they had that year. So Right. You gotta you gotta choose carefully. You can't go all willy nilly, guns a blazing here. I mean you could. Mm-hmm. I mean you could. You could. I mean for two thousand three, <laughs> you probably could a lot more than <laughs> other years. This is true. Not a lot of sacro- sacrosanct stuff going on here. So um and uh Tanner, as the director, you have two power ups. At any point in the casting, you can retroactively switch any two casted actors and the roles they're in. So if you're just like getting down the line and you think I like the, if, if you really go, you know what? Robert Tunney would have been a better Bonnie and Nev Campbell would have been a better Sarah. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if me and Nick make the same mistake um, and then you have the ultimate power up, which is essentially you can at any point tell me and Nick um, just you sucked. You did terrible. I'm putting I'm putting my own actor here and you can choose any actor you want. Yeah, which happens usually every episode. So, um, to just tons of just fighting and anger. So, <laughs> pistols drawn. But you just can do angst. that. But you can only do it while we're on that casting choice. You cannot do that retroactively. So you have to choose well. I always try and draw it out of you early. You never take the bait. But of course, we'll see you this time. You can try. You can try. <laughs> oh, I am. I am. I'm going hard. All right, so Tanner, I'm turning it over to you. Thank you, Corey. Passing the torch. Uh, first, we're going with uh, Lirio. Sarah, you have a tremendous light inside you. 
more than any witch I've ever known. You must not be afraid. Which is the um, bookstore owner, originally played by uh, Assumpta Serna. And she is, like I said, she is the woman who owns the magic Wicca witch shop that they go in and steal books from and eventually tries to show Sarah that she is a strong witch. Mm-hmm. And so I was unaware that her name is Assumpta Serna. Are we sure she's not actually a witch? Possible. That, that's a witch name. Very possible. Assumpta Serna. Possible. Uh, let's do Corey. Corey, give me who you've got for Lirio. Okay, so I, I got a, I got a method here so with Lirio. Even though okay. she's barely in this movie and she just kind of serves yeah. as the mentor witch role. Um, so here's where I think they went wrong in '96 to a degree. I think mm-hmm. this should have been played by some A-list actor. They paid a butt ton of money. They put her on the poster, and you, you, everyone goes to watch it, and then yeah, they're disappointed when the person's in the movie for like ten minutes. But you know, it's right. a Hollywood trick. You like pay them, you put them on the poster, and people think this is a movie. This person's gonna be all in this movie. Yeah, but then you only paid them like a couple million dollars for five minutes. It's the bait and switch. We just want to get people into the theater because this movie's being put on kind of a bunch of up and coming emerging actresses. So let's like let's get yeah. like a face on the poster. So I just put Julia Roberts here. I want to see her play a good witch. Julia Roberts, dude, you get okay. Bohemian her out. It's the big hair. Put bracelets, rings on her. Oh yeah, yeah. It's mostly just for her aesthetic. I don't know if she's ever played a witch. I don't know if she's in Practical Magic or anything like that. But like, I was literally just thinking, is she in Practical Magic? I don't know. I know that Sandy B and uh, I think Nicole Kidman. No, it's Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. Okay, I was right. I, I had this. Okay, so got it. So that, that that's just my thinking is just to get her on the poster, get butts in the seats, and then yeah, like they're not that happy when she's only in the movie for five minutes. Yeah. Okay. And I, I mean, yeah, I can see it. I can see the look that you're going for. And then my question is, do we kind of consider Lirio a cameo? I mean, we can assume that all the bookstore stuff was probably shot back to back in like two days. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. I would, I would consider it a cameo. What is she doing this year? Mona Lisa Smiles. I've never seen it. It's got oh, like right. a six point something rating. But like, I've heard people like this movie but i don't think it's like untouchable Mm, okay yeah okay great yeah uh julia roberts on the board for a cameo uh nick what do you got coming down the pipe so i'm gonna pull someone from tv land tanner oh i'm gonna get somebody that knows their way around the streets you know has has dealt with a few crazy uh suspicious characters here and there knows it knows how to handle situations are you pulling from Law and Order? Maybe. Okay, drop the name. So I'm going to be bringing you Mariska Hargitay from Law and Order. She's yeah. Right around 40. So she's got that, uh, been around the block a bit, knows what you're doing. I think she can pull off those vibes. I think, I think this will give her a chance to be not just a cop, not just a detective, but get to kind of get to flex and be a little more eccentric. Yeah. So. I was just about to ask what else, A, that she's done, and then during this time, if she's doing pretty much nothing. Else. That she is yeah, pretty much she's pretty much law and order through and through. She's a loyalist. So uh Yeah, I've I've seen um uh uh interviews or like um quotes from her saying that like 
this is all she wants to do, essentially. Right, yeah. Like, she loves Law & Order so much mm-hmm. that she doesn't want to do anything else. That is such I a... I mean, I get what you're saying. It's a cheap move. It is a cheap move. Placating to the director? Absolutely. Dang, she's been on SVU for, like, 21 years. Wow. I mean, yeah, she's been on there forever. Um, I do love exactly what you brought, Nick. The only thing is... Julia Roberts is a better pick. Yeah. So people are going to be upset that they go into That's this fine. movie. That's fine. And they I don't, don't get Julia Roberts as the well, lead. That or they can be upset that it's like, oh, they brought the girl from Law and Order in. Who cares? I think the expectations are set when you say when the girl from Law and Order is here. <laughs> I think in a lo- I think supporting role. It would just be so wild to walk into a movie and go, "I'm sorry, is that she's a cop, right?" She's undercover. You mean like, like you like like every like, other character role where they go? It, it, wait, wait, is that elf guy? That's Agent Smith, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah, it's it's definitely she's undercover at this like occult bookstore. She's trying like, to bust Satanist kids for murders. Like that's what she's yeah. To like that's if you bring Rishka Hagate into this, that's her role in this film. She's a narc. like maybe not. That means it makes her. It makes the kids more untrustworthy of her. They're not sure. The whole who she movie, is. we're just waiting for her to pull out her badge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can trust me. Just tell me anything. Right into my shirt, right here. Just, just yeah. loud. Uh, it's Julia Roberts. She's de- She's got the witchier feel to me, for sure. That's why I went with her. They obviously, okay. yeah, both obviously great actresses could easily play this role. It's yeah, a cameo, yeah, 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 but yeah, Julia yeah, yeah. definitely has the witchier vibes. Nick, listen, I, the rest of this, that was, that was the only one I was even confident in and I wasn't that confident in it. So going forward, (laughs) this, this, this casting is going to be really out there. So. Okay. Well then in that case, let's move to Laura Lizzie. Ow! My hair out! Sorry, I thought I saw a bug. They have shampoo for that, you know. (sighs) Stupid bitch. Originally played by Christine Taylor. Um, this is the, um, she's the racist, blonde, um, asshole, popular girl. girl that is, like, yeah, popular girl. That's on the that, diving team. Right, on the diving team, and is just the thorn in the side of uh, Rochelle the whole movie. All right, Nick, uh, no, Corey, you made it, uh, so you take it. I would have liked to have gone second here. Um, yeah, you would have. For the record, Christine <laughs> Taylor does really well in this role. Like, I, don't know, yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. an insult or a compliment, but. I just, I also like that we're bringing up Christine Taylor on this podcast. Yeah, she's she's definitely like underrated. Taylor, yeah, so. definitely yeah, underrated. Yeah, I do too. Um, so I just needed a blonde here um, that can be mean. And so again, I just said, I'm going to heel turn someone while Uh-oh. also kind of like, you know, winking at the audience a little bit. Um, I put Melissa Joan Hart here. Sabrina, the teenage witch herself. Wow, that is that is that is a heavy heel turn you've just laid on the table in a non-witch role in a witch movie. Wait, oh so. my gosh! I mean, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. That's fun, right? We're like, yeah, we're letting her stretch a little bit. And literally, because this would have been the in two thousand three. She's literally just finishing the se- last season of yeah. Sabrina. That's fun, Corey. It's a lot of fun, Corey, right? I like Corey. I like that. That's really solid. And you can see Melissa Joan Hart if she's got to be like the mean girl. I think she can get there. It'd be fun. Okay. Um, is there? I mean, is there anything that we know of that I that she plays 
like a terrible person? No. Or is this just like a one time just dropping it in? She had that teen movie she led like that was like kind of like way late to the 90s teen movie like Freddie Prinze and them it all moved on and you got like this weird mm-hmm. kind of like aftermath of teen movies like in the turn of the millennium called like yeah. what was it drive me crazy yeah drive me crazy with yeah the, drive me crazy uh, the granger guy from from, uh, from adrian Griner. yeah from uh um entourage i mean drive me crazy is like a reverse she's all that kind of you know which we're getting yeah next year so all right nick who do you got i'm gonna bring to you someone whose big movie comes next year okay in the girl next door oh. i'm bringing you alicia cuthbert Okay. So you know her from The Girl Next Door, where she plays literally a adult film star that our young actor pines for. Yeah. Um, beyond that, she goes on to just have smaller roles. Uh, this year, she's in Old School in Love, actually, but both roles are basically young, hot girl in mm-hmm. movie. There's nothing really beyond that. Um, after that, she goes on to some, some teen sub hits like house of wax but she does a lot of tv after this including 24 mm-hmm. and then uh later on the ranch with ashton kutcher so, <laughs> nice but yeah I, she she definitely can play the popular blonde i think she has it in her to kind of also play the snooty girl as well yeah so, okay she's got what it takes interesting and she's a uh, a figure of the time. She temporarily becomes like a mid tier scream queen after this, where yeah. she just makes the horror rounds for a little while. So you just be mm-hmm. kind of jump starting mm-hmm. that. With, but I mean, by putting yeah. right. a smaller right. role. So I'll say this: I had her higher up, but I anticipated this happening. So I have backups. So I'm not going to say that that should deter you. I think because I think I only know her. From the girl next door, I I know I've seen House of Wax, but I don't remember anything about it. She definitely plays the like popular girl a little bit more um, than Melissa Joan Hart. Nick's bringing you like a really like good pick. I'm just bringing you a fun yeah. pick. <laughs> yeah, it's mainly and that's what, what you're choosing. I hate right now. I hate I hate one solid pick and then one pick that's incredibly funny, like. That's where I die. Um, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go with um, the girl next door. I'm gonna go with Elizabeth uh, Alicia Col- Cuthbert. Sorry, Jesus. So Nick, you made it. Let's go ahead and walk you downtown to Chris Hooker. Why'd you lie about me? Look, I don't want to go out with you again. Okay. Please stop begging. It's pathetic. Uh, originally played by our boy Skeet Ulrich. I mean, Skeet. Y- 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 yeah, your your boy, yeah, your boy, yeah. <laughs> no, our collective boy, Skeet uh, Ulrich. I need, I need more evidence to make Listen, him part of the boy club. Uh, I just need to bring up the time that like somebody dropped out last minute of the Scream episode, and Jesse had to mm-hmm. speed watch all of Scream just to direct yeah. it. Yeah, and. He was pining, pining after Skeet Ulrich the whole movie. He is fucking hot. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. So I do think longer hair scream Skeet Ulrich is better than curly headed. Yeah. Like, loser craft. Skeet he Ulrich. looks he looks younger. Like even though it's the same year, yeah. he looks younger 
in the craft. Yeah, he does. Um, so uh, Chris Hooker is the weird guy that like is going after Sarah and also in a weird turn of events tells the school that she's a terrible lay. And then Sarah, for some weird reason, is like, I still want him. From my perspective, it was more like she was it was more like she was just wanting to get revenge. Like it wasn't so much of like, I want him. I'm going to make him fall for me as much as it's like now I'm going to make you my toy. That's interesting. I think that would be better. I always thought because when she does the spell, she says like uh, she talks about wanting him to love her, even mm. though she knows that it's pathetic. So they actually repeat this in the sequel, like only they do it a really? lot clearer because your description of Chris Hooker, Tanner, is absolutely spot on. And I think his character is the personification of the whole movie. In that, like, yeah. it's inconsistent, as I'll get out. Yeah. Okay, well, that's him. Um, so, uh, who made that? Nick, you made it, so go ahead and take mm-hmm. it. Give us your Chris Hooker. Since my the ideal of, of Chris that I have in my mind is that he's kind of a, a bonehead, and that he's not really... Initially, he's he's supposed to be seem, seemingly likable, and then he becomes a jerk, and then you kind of build sympathy for him because he's he can't control himself to a degree, and then he and then he dies. I don't even know how to say his name right. I'm going to throw you Jared Padalecki. Oh, Jared Padalecki. Yeah, nice. You know him from Gilmore Girls, also House of Wax later on. No, his main credit nowadays yeah. is Supernatural. Yeah, uh, he's one of the where brothers. You know him from. Yeah, yeah, that's where you know him from. This year, he's doing uh, Young MacGyver, a TV movie. Oof. And then he has an uncredited role as a bully in Cheaper by the Dozen. Isn't he, nice. isn't he currently playing Walker, Texas Ranger in a reboot? Yes. Yes. That yeah. is his next chapter. You're, yeah, I mean, is. that's... Uh, I, I, you're, that's okay. I like it. I don't, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to... Yeah, I'm not going to trash it. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, because he's de- he's definitely got like the charisma and he's got the like the mm-hmm. smile and like he's got yeah, that yeah attitude that you can be like oh he's on a date with this girl and they're like hitting it off whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Corey, uh, give us your Chris Hooker. Man, Padalecki was solid. You're keeping him in the wheelhouse that is, of that just is a solid horror because that, that's yeah. what he does. Um. All right. Uh. So I'm bringing you a bigger name. Um. But he's not really. He's he's not who he becomes yet. He's got some hits under him one one kind of lovable movie and one like cult huge cult movie um i'm bringing jake yeah. gyllenhaal solid pick he's just okay he's got donnie darko in october sky already this year no not, okay. no not this year like he's already he's coming <laughs> off of those things <laughs> i was like and Corey. i think <laughs> i think his day after tomorrow break is like next year okay yeah that's pretty solid because then with with him, we also see that like darker side of him later in his career, right? With like, yeah, like uh, now, w- like what he's doing now, kind of like with yeah, turtle yeah, yeah. animals and all that stuff. So, so yeah, day after tomorrow is right. next year in two thousand four. So yeah, so. he's not yeah. like you're, it's not like we're casting Jake Gyllenhaal. We're like casting that. At this point, it's going to be that dude from Donnie Darko, the, which the is kid, since it's a yeah. cult right. hit. It hasn't even, it's still like he's cult, kind of he's cult kid right hit, now because yeah. he did, yeah, Donnie Darko, October Sky, and Bubble Boy all back to back. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I think the proper choice here would be Jared Padalecki. Woo! This is going to be our most boring episode because there's no like anger. 
because I can't I can't bash it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like it's the only thing I can say about Padalecki a... is it's really on the nose. Like, but it's it's like Padalecki hasn't happened yet. It's just we're. He'll be the guy. He'll be the guy from like early. He'll be the guy from Gilmore <laughs> right. Girls. Ever, ever, all the girls are gonna be yeah. like, "Oh, it's him," and then they'll be like, "Oh no, he's a rapist." But if 2003 right. Craft was actually real, he probably would have been in it. It just fits his right. career. Yeah, like, and it, that's the thing really is like uninspiring both, way. <laughs> yeah, you both like you both brought people that in their career this would make sense. Like they're both in the same place in their career. I feel like that like. Either of them could easily just fit this role into their career, and it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, with the Padaleckis, um, it's just like it's it's just another thing that's on his poster at a con. Like I was in the craft, yeah. you know, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like those yearly like guy that got his start in a horror movie, like article. Right. It's just it's he just would, another cult classic that he is a part of yeah. in his early career. Well, uh, we congratulate Jared on his new role in 2003's The Craft. Uh, let's move on to, let's go to, uh, Rochelle. Your spell's not working. What spell? I don't know. I think she doesn't want to be white trash anymore or something. And I told her, like, you're white, honey. Just deal with it. Uh, originally played by Rachel True. Guys, we gotta, we gotta get angsty. We gotta start getting mad at each other. Let's. All right. Great. Cause I'm coming up first. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. Okay. Well, great. <clears throat> As we said, um, she is one of the four corners, as they call themselves, in, in The Witches. Um, and again, she's kind of a static character. She's being bullied by this racist popular girl. She wants to be a diver. Once she casts this spell that makes um, Laura Lizzie's hair fall out, she starts thinking about turning her ways and then goes full heel into... She becomes a henchman. Henchman. Henchwoman. Yeah. Henchman. That's the word I was yeah. looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They fired one writer uh, and brought in another yeah, writer yeah. and said, what the other guy do? I, who cares? This is where we're going. Yeah. So. Don't care. Yeah. So that's that's who she is. Um, so, Nick, you made it. Go ahead and take it and give us your Rochelle. Okay. I, my pick's going to be potentially controversial um, in the sense that Uh-oh. she has a movie this year. It's not a significant Uh-oh. role in a movie this year. I'm just... I'm just going to go ahead and say I think I casted the exact same okay. person as Nick. So, God damn it, guys. I need you to fight each other. I mean, I can pick somebody else so that we fight each other. I mean. No, just give me give me your name. All right. I picked Zoe Saldana. And she shows up in none of the sequels. She's in Curse right? of the Black Pearl, but she gets in none of the other movies because she decides to do, I think it's, is it because of Avatar? I don't know. For some reason, Probably her Avatar. character doesn't appear in the other pirate movies. They just write her off. Oh, that's very interesting. I guess I it's, never realized that. It's a smaller that. role. Like when you go back and watch Pirates, you go, oh, that's Zoe Saldana because she's one of the crew members. Yeah. And so. Yeah. When they're putting together their ragtag group of pirates, she's one of them. So basically, we're upgrading mm-hmm. her from supporting cast to really one of the main four ca- actors in a movie. So. I, yeah, I also casted Zoe Zaldana. So, wow. And was um was Kerry Washington doing something this year? No idea. Did no one think of no Kerry Washington? No, nope. not. I, I just pretty much echoing what Nick said. It's like, yeah, she has Curse of the Black Pearl, but like since she didn't land in any of the sequels, I don't think we have to keep her here. 
Okay. The only other person I thought of, and it would have been like her very first role, like you've been swapping it out for like a short she was in, was Tessa Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than mm-hmm. that, you're looking at like someone like Megan Good, who's only known for like some TV and rap videos. Like she's the main girl in 21 yeah. Questions by 50 Cent. And the, well, okay. So the only other name that came up was Journey Smollett, who people would now know from uh, the Birds of Prey movie. Mm. Um, and then she was like, mm in episodes of full house and stuff. I mean, she was, you'd recognize her almost more as a child actor. The problem is that she is the exact age, almost of these characters. And she looks young. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I can't hate Zoe Saldana because it's a great choice. I think she could easily fit that character. She has like a similar vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She plays like a very lovable, uh, like lighthearted character a lot of times. And so she, I think she could easily fit. I that. think in and I uh, think we're all on the same page here. But in in terms of our rewrites for this movie, like we continue her arc and make her decision to to team up with the Feruza Balt character more out of survival than of actual like menace, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then we probably would have it wrap up with her making good with uh, the Laura character, Laura Lizzie, at the end. Could so. I ask a Could I ask Tanner a question? Yeah. How would you have felt if I had gender swapped it? I would have hated okay. it. Okay. It was on the table. It was on the table that I was like, I might just put a boy in here. I was going to put Nick Cannon. Stop. <laughs> Move along. Dude, he's, Stop. He's, he's at peak Nick Cannon right now. He, he just came off Drumline and Men in Black 2. He does not fit this movie. <laughs> no, he does not. He does not fit this movie remotely. So, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Jesse, mark it down. Uh, Nick Zoe Cannon. No. <laughs> Uh, is uh, Cannon with uh, two ends or one? Uh, yeah, technically like three. So. Gotcha. Nice, Nick. Fucking got him. <laughs> technically three. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Nick. I didn't even hear it. That's great. Um, okay, so after, uh, after Rochelle, we're going to move to Bonnie. I drink of my sisters and... I take into myself the power to be beautiful, outside as well as in. Originally played by Nev Campbell. So the gloves are Corey, coming off, Nick. Okay. Corey, this is where it's actually really interesting. Robin Tunney wanted the Bonnie role. Like this was the this was the role that she actually fought for. That's weird. So yeah. How do, would you feel so as like, an actor, Tanner, if you were like really gunning for like this role you really liked as a as a like a peripheral character and then they gave you the uh the lead are you pissed or like no okay (laughs) (laughs) no i think i'd be okay uh the only other name that came up which is another like peg in the charmed stole my uh script idea is like holly marie combs who plays piper on charmed is was also initially up for this role that's interesting yeah because they there's apparently they apparently pitched this as a TV series and then it, they didn't buy it. And, and then someone wrote a the years whole later, idea down and said, we reject this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So Bonnie, uh, Nev Campbell, she is uh, more so of like the loner, quiet character because she has um, scars. We don't, did they say it's burns? It's burns. Yeah. It's like burn scars is the quiet one out of the group because of that. And then she eventually, when she makes a wish to heal her scars and becomes um, scarless, 
she turns into a very narcissistic character then at the end is still an evil quote evil mean yeah. girl yeah at the end of the I, I i read a quote from one of them it might have been rachel true or she pretty much said like the the flaw of the movie is that as the witches get stronger their skirts get shorter and so, yeah like and that's pretty much you see that in Nev campbell's character she just gets less yeah. and less clothes as the movie goes so right so nick you made it before you made it and then now you can take it again is that how basketball works bonnie okay. Now that I, I, I see a flaw in my choice making here slightly. Um, yes. Uh-oh. Yes. Did you pull a Corey and like... Well, so Pedalecki is in the same show as the girl that I have pegged here, potentially. Boo! Uh-huh. So it would be weird to have them both in the same movie. I get, But, you know, Scream, okay, so Scream I hate exists. To do this. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I hate to do this, but <clears throat> Scream both has Nev and Skeet. And it's so, and they never really yeah. interact with each other either. So it's not like this weird, no. hey, remember we we kill each other or try to kill each other later in the in the year. So this this spot but but I was I was flipping the coin between her and another girl. But in terms of acting, I think the other girl could actually nail the transformation that happens going from being like quiet and reserved okay. to more. So mm-hmm. I had Alexis Bladell on the board, but in terms of Acting, I think I'm gonna go with Michelle Trackenberg. Michelle, you know her from Buffy. From you know her Euro trip. Euro Isn't trip. That Harriet the spy. Yes, she's yes, Harriet, the, Harriet spy. the spy. Next year, next okay. year she'll be in Euro trip, but this year she is a free agent, only doing the Buffy series. Yeah. Oh, because the other the other girl is from Gilmore Girls. Gilmore yeah, she's girls. the main girl. Alexis yeah, Bledel is the, the main girl. Got it. Gilmore Girls. I don't. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see her remotely as like a goth. Even if you put her in right. goth like clothing and labeling, like I, I don't think I could ever see that. I'd be surprised what some um, black hair dye and, st- and dark clothes can do for someone. So, so we're gonna mm-hmm. lean more into the Euro trip side of things, more the Buffy okay. later year side of things. This would be the start of right. her kind of okay. taking that turn. So, yeah, I mean, I could see, it. I could see her being quiet and then becoming like uh, a mean yeah. girl. I mean, I, I think the it. I think it also um, lines up with their career to play this type of role, where it goes from being this type of character to this type of character. It's a, a smooth transition into that. So, yeah. Okay, uh, Corey, who do you got? Pitch me, pitch he me something better. Michelle Trek. No, well, yeah, higher up the list. Oh, so I'm starting to get pissed off. Um, <laughs> really? So, Are you? What is? If you, this, if what you, is this the thing list is, you two is have if made? You, cast michelle i don't even have like nick is poached both for one role like wow so i'm just i'm kind of pissed like because this isn't something (laughs) i can just fight fight pull pull out of my ass like teenagers from 2003 like i just okay well well who's your who's your other pick for bonnie so i brought in eliza thornberry lacey shaver (laughs) She is um, a year from being in Mean Girls as Gretchen Wieners, right? Which is where most people are going to know her from. I avoided any of the Mean Girls because Mean, mean Girls. Girls was so very close to this. Even though this movie basically is like an origin story of Mean Girls, 
Like Bonnie's the only one that like I was willing to like poach from Mean Girls yeah. to some degree, just because it's a timid character that becomes mean. Mm-hmm. And Lacey Shabert, I can see it. Yeah, because that is kind of Lacey Shabert. Lacey Shabert was like when Mean Girls came out. Obviously, Hollywood and the world tried to like sex potter and sexualize her, and she yeah. re- she rejected it. She mm-hmm. like rebelled it. Oh, really? And became like Hallmark girl. Hmm. I don't know that it had oh, anything cool. to do with any sort of religious or anything like that. I think she just wouldn't put up with it. Interesting. So the okay. actress has that already, like some sort of yeah, like modesty type of thing that is in the character. But but then I mean, she was in Mean Girls, and I mean, she'll she'll play the role. Once the turn happened, yeah. she was only doing voice work. At this point, she has not done Mean Girls, and she's just Eliza Thornberry. On I didn't realize she was mm. Eliza Thornberry. You said Eliza Thornberry, and I was like, that's a fictional character, Corey. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. That is not um, one of the rules. <laughs> he's right. He's right. You know, he's right. Now, hold, now hold on. <laughs> yeah, that is a good, that is a good point. Um. Wow. Okay. So here's the here's the thing that I feel like sucks either way. Here is like our star power. Even though I guess initially this movie didn't have too much star power. This is why I put Julia Roberts at the bottom, bro. <laughs> right. This is why I have Julia Roberts on the poster. <laughs> yeah. This sucks. You may I remind um, you, you still have your switcheroo card. Yeah. Yeah, I'm worried about it because, uh, like, it. Far- the Faruza character is the hardest character to cast. And, like, I feel like I need to save it for that. But the the only other name I thought of for the Bonnie role is Christina Ritchie. She's a monster. I don't know anything that about is, monster. Uh, I don't think she got nominated this year for it, but it is, it's the Charlize Theron movie where she basically uglifies herself. And they, I don't know the exact. She plays. She plays Alien Woonrose, the the most notorious female serial killer in history. Yeah, not Christina Ritchie. Oh, Charlize does. No, uh, Charlize Theron. I think won an Oscar. Yeah. did she win an? Oscar? Yeah, she won or? the Oscar for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Got it. It's kind of a Winona okay, so Ryder situation in Girl Interrupted, where like you're the other actor <laughs> that the Oscar opposite yeah. the Oscar winner. Okay, so. I see. I see your point there. Okay, well then. Okay, so we've got Mean Girl. Or Eurotrip girl. And Tanner's yeah. not happy. Okay, you guys, and I, you guys I, I, fucking I, I, suck. Tanner, I, just to help you, I really need you to just go with mine. <laughs> 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 All right, what are you going to give me, Corey? How are you going to bribe me on this one? Well, if you don't, I have no no one up like further up. So You could override, okay, but here's Tanner. The, here's the other. I know I can override, but... He doesn't want to. But what I hate... Corey, is that you're pleading to not have Harriet the Spy in this film. Because or I can get role, you Harriet the Spy later. No, no, no. Here's what I'm saying. Neither of these are good, good options. Wow. So, like, your Harriet the Spy pick later will fall flat, is I what mean, I'm saying. I thought about her up for that it's role, like, too. So I'm going to pick Lacey Chambert. Chambert. Shabert, uh, Lacey Shabert. Thank you. Because Corey's pleading with me, and it it doesn't. It, both of these, I couldn't care less about these picks. Both of these are fucking trash wow. picks, and like okay. I have to deal right. with it. Okay. Um, but okay. Um, great. So Corey, you 
Pity won that one. Um, so He's, let's let's have you take it to Nancy Downs. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> oh, really? Look in your eyes tells me you might not be so sure. After all, you have every reason in the world to do it. I mean, you killed you killed Chris, and you killed your mom. You killed your mom and you're coming out of her. Now that is really special. Even I couldn't go that low. Bravo! Stop it! Uh, originally played by Faruza. What? Faruza Ball. No, I'm just, just go through the character so I can get ready so I can start pleading my case. Uh, okay, Nancy Downs, originally played by Faruza Balk. Um, she is, how we stated earlier, she's the white trash witch out of all of them. Um, and she eventually becomes the villainous witch. Uh, that is attacking Sarah. Chews up every every scene uh, fantastically. It is going to be super hard for you to pick someone that brings the same energy that Feruza does. And I'm very interested to see what you've done here. Corey, who is your Nancy? Okay, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Feruza Balt is not a great actor as an adult. I think she's very similar to a lot of child actors and that like they could do this one thing at a certain age and their craft didn't grow with them. Right. Yeah. Cause Farusa Balk, she's actually got a lot of cool stuff, you know I mean? Like she's in American history X. She's in the water boy. She's in this, she's in uh, almost famous, but she's always playing kind of the same thing as once she hits this age, which is kind of this grungier, edgier, you know, almost like promiscuous kind of character, right? She got, she got whatever pigeonholed into that. But I also think it's just because her acting is, it didn't grow. And then most people don't understand that this is actually her second go at being a witch. She was in a a Disney movie called the worst witch. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's phenomenal. The worst, Witch is an incredibly great Disney TV movie from like the eighties. Really? Oh my gosh, I love it. It's Tim Curry plays a vampire. So it's just right there. Like you're done. Oh, and he sings a song. It's it's just watch. <laughs> this is where I put Michelle Trachtenberg for those exact reasons. That I think she's a great child actor. I think she's a really sucky adult actor that would also, when push came to shove, she would just overact. When he got to that third okay. act, I think she would just start going to eleven because she would not know how to be subtle. Okay, now, Corey, I'm going to ask you one question. Yes. When you were casting, did you think at some point to cast an actress that would not overact it and do the job properly? <laughs> no, at no point did I think, <laughs> like, not even okay. sort of. Because I... It's, Interesting. You decided to go the route of... Feruza we'll keep I, this, I chose yeah, to just we'll, stay with Feruza Balk's acting decisions. And I yeah. think it's that pressure that's going to make Michelle Trachtenberg go there because, like Nick said previously, is like she's trying to now grow out of being Harriet the Spy, and she ends up <laughs> instead. Yeah. She, she does a sex comedy, you know, in Euro Trip. Yeah, that's what she chooses to do. Instead, I'm saying let's just come over here and she can do a gothy, edgy like role. And I think she's going to use all that aggression of trying so desperately to get rid of Harriet the Spy that she's just going to yeah. chew the hell out of every single scene. 
I also have Alicia. I had Alicia Cuthbert here too, but that was actually my number one. But Nick Stoller, so because I'm trying to think like this role, obviously, like you're saying, needs to go to an eleven or a twelve. Yeah, right. Like I don't know anything in her history that has her going above a seven. Well, again, I don't, and I think it's because she never got put here. I think it's because she never got put in a role where she could. She's I think, always the I friend. I think trip's the yeah. closest yeah. that it got, where they said, oh, we're going to make you, we're going to sexualize you. We're going to sexualize Harriet the yeah. Spy. And like, Eurotrip's a fun movie, but like, that is exactly what they were doing, was they said, we're going to cast yeah. Harriet the Spy, and we're going to sexualize the crap out of her. Yeah, but you're right. Even in Euro Trip, where she was given that, it's still a role that, yeah, maybe goes to a seven or eight. You know? Yeah. But I and I, I would just argue it's because she never got placed in something like a Nancy. That's my case. That's what I'm pleading. Just move on. To, yes. To Nick. Nick, who do you have? Walk with me, Tanner. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm glad oh, that you brought up. No. I love it when he says walk with me. I'm glad you brought up a key <laughs> note in this character's uh, description. Is that trailer trash? Okay. Now the car- actress I'm gonna spring up is going to make you not think immediately of that. You're gonna go, oh no, no, no. But I'm gonna bring proof, and I'm gonna ask you to look at a role of hers a year from now that oh, you I know will visually see and go, oh, she has the look, and she can also yeah. she she turns Nick, it up. Just say Mina Savard. No, 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 no. We're we're past that <laughs> point now. You guys don't get Mina Savard. You haven't earned her yet. Um, wow. So the actress I'm going to bring with you, I'm bringing you Jamie Presley. Oh, Jamie Presley. So I want you to look at this still of her in the movie Torque. And this is her character's look in that movie. The dark hair, some piercings. Now I want you to also think mm-hmm. about her performance in My Name is Earl. Trailer trash. Oh, over right, the right, top right. a bit. Uh, very big personality. Now, yeah. if we need someone that can go there, I think she can go there. So my hope is to recreate this and put black on her. Black hair, piercings, dark t-shirts, everything. Rebuttal. A much better case. Okay, much better case than Harriet the Spy. Uh, rebuttal. Go ahead. On, on uh, a rebuttal. Okay, so the character Nancy lives in a trailer, but she doesn't have a stupid accent. We're in L.A. She does, she's not supposed to sound like she's from like front, like Louisiana, you know? And then Jamie Presley is 26, and she's all of 26. She is almost, in yeah. her career, never played a teenager other than in Can't Hardly Wait. I mean, yeah. And even that's... then, it's like obviously an adult. She's playing adult roles now. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my rebuttal. And then again, if 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 it, I also just want to say we can put black t-shirts and fake piercings and hair dye on Harriet the Spy. This is also true. <laughs> want to want to make that out there. The same also is also true. true. Nick, here's where you f- you really fucked oh, up. You love one of these shitty movies she made this year? <laughs> no. I hope he's a Torque no. fan. Please be a Torque fan. A fast I love fan. Alligator Point. You're fast um, Nick, the top name on my list was Mina Savari. You could have had it. 
Man, if only you had an override or something to just kind of... Well, no, he's got an override and he can use it, but you could have had the joy of it. You could have experienced getting Mina Savarian. I mean, I still can. You could have brought her in. And it's a shame that it's come to this. Really, it is. No, you can't. You cannot backtrack and put Mina Savarian. I didn't have her on my list at all. I didn't have her on my list at all. So this is your sin, Tanner, coming back on you. So please please make the decision that you have to make. Do you pick a little older than she should be Jamie Presley? Do you pick Michelle Trackenberg, which you seem iffy about as well? Or do you go with Mina Suvari? What is Mina Suvari doing? Just out of curiosity. Mina Suvari is a free agent. This How year. old is she? She is uh, 79. So 24. Okay. And she, she she's not like Jamie Presley in that she, she can, I, again, Jamie Presley's always just come off to me as like older. Um, I think it's yeah, the blonde so, bombshell uh, aspect of her yeah. as well. So, well, that and her like her face just looks like it's carved out of stone. She just has cheekbones for miles. Yeah, it's just she's yeah. a very adult facial structure. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling my override because both of these options suck. My option does not. My option is a well I, thought I, out option. Again, thank you very much. I stand by you, that. You, I that, made a yes. great case. Had Corey so, picked all older whatever, people, screw you. <laughs> you both actually did make really good cases. They are just not. What I see in this character. Mina Savari, though, to me, again, the one thing that like I always recognize her from is Psyche. She plays a little trailer trashy villain and she goes to to a 10. And maybe that's just it. Maybe it's just like a microcosm of like a thing that I've seen her in translated perfectly to this role. But I also feel like when I see her acting, she's always doing more than she needs to. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'll try sad, to take that I'm as sorry, a compliment. Nick, that right, you couldn't so, uh, bring her in on this. I'll, I'll one. be. I'll be happy You've that we finally enough. cast Mina Savari in something. Did Did I miss an episode where we were really mean to Mina Savari? I've been mean to Mina Savari every, every time. time he brings her. Up. <laughs> I bring up Mina Savari. So I'm, but I'm just like a bystander, right? I don't remember ever being. I think mean. you join in, t- Corey. I'm pretty Guilty sure by you join in at the least. Accomplice. At worst. Well, I mean, I think she's really stupid for Nancy, but like, that's fine. It's whatever. I'm not the director. Why? Why do you think she's stupid for Nancy? I do. I just think it, it I don't know. I just don't see that's it. That's not an argument. I don't see it. We all concentrate on different aspects of the character. Yeah. That's all it is. I concentrated on that last act where she just, Feruza Balk goes for it. You know? Yeah. You wanted to tone that down and make it a good performance. You know, or a more traditionally good performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and all I'm saying is, I'm I'm an agent. I brought you my client, and I fought for her, and that's that's fine. That's cool. That's reasonable. That's I accept. I accept your fight. Uh, it was just a courtesy to call people in. We already you're asked making it worse. To do it. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, um, you're just making Hollywood sound even worse. Courtesy so. audition. <laughs> wow. Who was it? Bonnie? Who had the last I, one? I did. I got the sympathy vote on. That's Lizzie right. Shaver, that's right. So oh, I yeah. can argue that's Michelle right. Trachtenberg. Okay, uh, Corey, then give us your Sarah Bailey. I hate it. It's always getting screwed up. It's like sometimes I'll, I'll want it to rain and a pipe will burst in my room and it'll just get flooded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. No, really. Or, or, or um, I'll want it just to be quiet and I'll wish for it and wish for it. And I'll go deaf for three days straight. Originally played by Robin Tunney. Uh, she is the hero of our story heroine of our story and just gets pulled into this three ring circus of witches 
and then becomes their straw man that they attack for no other reason than her saying, hey, you're being assholes. That's that's Sarah. A strong character until the end where they take that away from her. Yeah. Which, but she gets it back yeah. when she gets possessed, guys. It's fine. Your struggle to even describe the characters, why this one was so hard for me. The character's so yeah. inconsistent. It's like there's nothing to really concentrate on and like think what actor could do this. And it even like, and I don't know if anybody else got it, but I felt like watching this movie, Robert, Robin Tunney never even showed up. Like she like took mm-hmm. a check or something. She just seems yeah. so disinterested in this movie. I think I think she came off of Empire Records playing this damaged, broken character and wanted to keep going. And then she yeah. got kind of put in the, 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 the heroin in distress role and she just didn't want it, you know? Yeah. So the first name I wrote down and kept until the, kind of the last minute was I had Julia Stiles down for a while, you know, just mm. she's okay. She's on fire right now. Um, She's I mean, I think she just came off of Born Identity. You know, but I don't know. I've never seen those movies, and I don't. It's think kind. She's, she's kind of has an afterthought of... role until it's revealed in the yeah. third movie that she's actually Jason Bourne's real girlfriend. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Oh. It's kind of like the okay. first two movies. She's not really there, and then she becomes something later. Yeah. So I actually said I'm going to bring in someone adjacent to Julia Stiles, whose career never really took off. So I said, we'll okay. give her a shot. With a pretty sucky role in the craft. <laughs> yeah. So I actually put Julia Stiles' little sister from 10 Things I Hate About You, Larissa Olnick, who that's mainly, she's, she's going to, you're either going to know her from 10 Things I Hate About You or her Nickelodeon show, The Secret World of Alex Mack. Oh. And that's weird that you both picked up on Alex Mack and not 10 Things I Hate About well, You. Well, I knew 10, I just couldn't remember that actress in that role yeah. that aspect yeah i'm putting her in here mostly just so i can talk about larissa olnick for an episode other than julia styles who doesn't need it L- larissa olnick in my opinion should have had a bigger career i mean if mm-hmm. you look at pictures of her now she looks like the exact same as she did and the girl's aging like keanu reeves and yeah it's weird to me that like she just for whatever she's like an american emma watson is what she is mm-hmm. But yeah. for whatever reason, I, yeah. she had a bad agent, couldn't pick roles. And honestly, 10 Things I Hate About You is the last thing of like real moat that she ever did. She's been active. She's still making movies. It's just whatever. You don't see she's her anywhere. Kind of this afterthought under the radar actress. So I thought, okay, maybe if she got a shot in the craft in 2003, it would be a different world. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get what you're doing. Nick, who do you have? I, initially yeah. i was had written down a bunch of uh names to sell the top of the movie like this is this movie oh okay so yeah um but the no names i thought of uh like alexa davalos uh you would know her from chronicles of riddick defiance she's andromeda okay. in clash of the titans she's in the mist and she's in most recently probably the man in the high castle I just felt like she okay. could kind of have the range that we need to kind of play uh, someone who's being attacked, but then someone who has strength to come back and stand up for herself at the beginning, but also towards the end. Mm-hmm. So I'm leaning towards her, but I feel like we need more names in the movie. 
at this point, at least okay. in the main lead roles to an extent. Uh, the person that I'm thinking of is is more of a layup to an extent, and I'm worried that she's no longer seen as like teen age, um, or at least that could okay. play it, and that's Natalie Portman. The catch with her is that she's in Cold yeah. Mountain, but she's not a lead. She doesn't get any nominations. I don't. I've never seen the movie, but it doesn't feel like she's she isn't top billing or anything like that. So I mean, and she's about to be in Garden State. Yes. So she is like aging out, out of, of the high school, high school potential and playing Princess Amidala. Kind of think I think forces her ages her yeah. up. The only other person I thought of was Mila Kunis. I do just like to. I would I would just like to remind Nick that he has to he has to pick one. He can't give Tanner three options. That's cheating. I'm working through my process. Everyone <laughs> chill the fuck out. Thank you. So, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to go Natalie Portman and uh, let you choose. Okay. Okay, Natalie Portman. What, Corey? I'm just I, nothing. No pick. We've got Larissa Olnick, and we've got. Queen Amidala herself. Mila Kunis was so good, Nick. <laughs> it was so good. Fuck. Okay. Um, yeah, just just do it. Just pull the trigger on somebody. I think that uh, Corey's choice, Alex Mack, went, being the new girl in town, being kind of messed with by our guy character, and not immediate. If you're if it's Natalie Portman, I think that it's more likely that that character would be oogled by all the dudes. Whereas uh, Alex Mack would be more seen as like, who's this girl, interesting girl that's just saying French and then also playing with her pencil in class. It's it's going to be Larissa Olnick. Listen, I think she just fits. Larissa, I think she just fits that world better. He's going to get ogled by everyone, Nicholas. I don't. I don't like this insinuation. I'm just saying that, she's that if you give me not going to Natalie be Portman, possibly just my doll herself harassed. I'm just. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just saying, Larissa Olnick's getting harassed by the males at this school as well. We shouldn't be proud we, of that. Just really. as much as Natalie That's Portman. Not, just. I'm just saying. Not, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're gonna go, Larissa Olnick. And that's going to be our cast. I'm going to read it off here. And this is going to be an interesting, interesting cast list for this movie. All right. Our list for our updated The Craft 2003. Playing Lirio is Julia Roberts. Great choice. Laura Lizzie will be uh, Alicia Cuthbert. Great choice. Chris Hooker will be Jared Padalecki. Very solid. Rochelle will be Zoe Saldana. Bonnie will be Lacey Shabert. Nancy Downs will be Mina Savari. And Sarah Bailey will be Larissa Olnick. When you read it all together, it doesn't sound as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, when you put them all next to each other, that's where it like that's where it all starts making it's sense. Very two thousand three. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, that's very, that was my thought. Yeah, which means it's very two thousand three. <laughs> but people are gonna go watch it right yeah yeah this is definitely doing well i think in 2003 theaters and then just lost after that no one ever thinks yeah. it would ever again 
Yeah, and then just lost to time. <laughs> Until it's eventually rebooted. Oh, wow. Nick, I am so just pissed off about Mila Kunis. And it's not even that. You know, and it's not even the Sarah thing. It's that Mila Kunis would have been a great Nancy. And I, yeah. whatever, I'm pissed that Mila Kunis didn't cross my radar. He rushed me into a decision, Corey. Yeah, I Had didn't, you given I me didn't more rush time. you. I thought you were cheating. Sometimes you do this Nick thing where you name a bunch and you kind of like read Tanner's face. And go, I mean, I wasn't looking at Tanner one. as I was saying it. I was just going one. through it in my head. But uh, it's a quantum recast cheat, and you know it when you're reading. When you're reading faces, you're reading facial cues. You're just saying a bunch of stuff because Tanner gives tells. We all do it. We've I mean, had you given there. me a little bit more time, I might have leaned into Mila Kunis, but we'll never know, will we, Corey? Well, I mean, Mila Kunis is more of just. I'm pissed that I didn't think it was for Nancy. I could have argued her for Nancy harder than Michelle Trachtenberg. He's he's just mad at himself. Okay. Yeah, I'm disappointed in myself. All right, that's the problem, and so that's just whatever. That's that's the crap 2003, which I think we did a very 2003 job of creating. That we did. We did do a very 2003 job of this cast. But let's hope we can do a better cast next time. And who is our director? It's Corey. I am. October is my favorite month. I really debated over the years, um, but I, I'm I'm happy. We're going to a year we've never gone to. Oh, <clears throat> and. In a way, we're going to the 2003 of 19 or of the 90s, honestly, because it's it. What 1993? No, it's just an incredible. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to just the most confusing year of the 90s. If you when if you Google this like year in movies, it's just madness. We okay. are taking 1980s, The Shining, to 1995. <sighs> We're putting it smack okay. dab in the middle later. of the 90s. I'm glad you said that, Nick, 15 years later. That is such a short amount of time, and look at how much Hollywood changes between right, no, 80 yeah. and 95. Because mm-hmm. so, when you say The Shining, you automatically think it's an old movie, and then in 95, yeah. you're like, oh my yeah. god, that was it was only a teenager like in 95. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. We're taking The Shining. And Tanner, you oh, look man. so upset right now. Why do you keep doing films that I hate? Why do you keep pulling <laughs> films up that I want nothing to do about? You just made a, do you have- you just made a structure of the craft in 2003, <laughs> asshole. Yeah, but we all, we all enjoyed it. Corey, you said you watched this movie endlessly growing When I was 10 up. years old. You hated it. At 35, it, it was awful. So, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I just hate Kubrick. I'm, I'm calling myself out here. I, I hate Kubrick. Oh, I do, too. I, I despise him. And we can, is, we can have a Kubrick bashing session next episode. It's great. It's fine. Oh, as long as I can fucking do that, then I'm all right with this. Dude, we're good. We're good. And then Nick, if you want to play devil's advocate and like defend the guy, that's great. But I'm all for having a Kubrick bashing party while we do this. So, hell yeah, I'm excited now. All right, there oh. we go. What? This is gonna be a great next time. Episode. I'll defend Kubrick a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just slightly. Just Nick's slightly. Like, Nick's, Nick's, I'll be devil's advocate in the gray area. <laughs> I'll be a tweener next time. Yeah. All right. Well, that was The Craft 2003. Again, if you're not following us on social media, please do hit us up. And then, yeah, if you're if you're on Apple Podcasts, click click our rate button. Give us five stars um, and then say whatever you want in the comments. And it's great. 
Uh, But thanks for listening. Say goodbye, Nick. Goodbye, Nick. <laughs>